Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to get you ready for the Week 8 main slate on DraftKings. Jared, before we get to the picks, how did Week 7 treat you on DK? Oh, we're, we're on to Week 8 here. We're not talking about Week 7 anymore. That was, it was easily my worst week of the season. That, uh, lost in cash for the first time this year was you know no, nowhere near it in tournaments. Well, we were near it in tournaments uh, about five minutes into the slate when Jerome Ford broke off his long touchdown run, but that was, uh, that was about the only good thing that happened for us in tournaments. I was frustrated with myself too, because I, you know, it ended up being a low scoring week, which we kind of had talked about. It was like 205 points to win tournaments, which is definitely low. Um, so we, we talked about wanting to, you know, play the guys with the massive upside. I did that at like running back and wide receiver and even tight end. I totally faded the elite quarterbacks, which is, you know, Mahomes. And Lamar both went for nearly 40 points, and that's what you had to have. So I feel like we kind of had the right idea. We just didn't apply it right, didn't play those elite quarterbacks. Really, that was really the first time this season that like the elite quarterbacks like really delivered and like were the guys you had to have to win tournaments. I tried to steer you away from 100% Jordan Love, to be fair, but we'll move on. I didn't, to end, I didn't end up at 100, but it, it was too much. <laughs> that's good, at least. We'll move on to this week and obviously start with quarterback as usual. Jared, I got to say, I, every Friday, I start by going into the lineup generator. I check the dollars per point values for every position, start with quarterback, and I almost threw up when I opened it up this morning. The DraftKings main slate, the top four quarterbacks in DK dollars per point, Sam Darnold, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Mac Jones. So apparently the lineup generator just hates quarterback this week. Yeah, I was a little surprised too, because, and we'll talk about this, but I mean, you have Jalen Hurts playing the number 29 defense in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes playing the number 30 defense and Lamar Jackson playing the number 31 defense. So all three of the elite quarterbacks on this slate have awesome matchups. So it's definitely scary to, you know, not have one of those guys. And I still might end up playing one of them. I honestly don't know what I'm doing at quarterback yet, because to me, it's going to come down to the San Francisco situation. If Brock Purdy's out, I probably am going to end up playing Sam Darnold at 4,300 bucks. Any quarterback that low in salary is worth considering in cash. You have a quarterback in a you know Kyle Shanahan system, with good weapons, you know, even without Debo Samuel, there's still plenty for Darnold to work with here. And Darnold can run a little bit too. I mean, he's averaging 12.3 rushing yards per game for his career. He's been up over 17 rushing yards per game each of the last three seasons, which, you know, isn't, isn't a lot, but you know, it, it helps an, an extra point or two, especially for a $4,300 quarterback and what that lets you do with the rest of your roster. Um, I definitely think Darnold's worth considering for, for cash. Yeah, $4,300 is absurd. The name Sam Darnold can scare you a little bit, and reasonably so. But if you just look at him as San Francisco quarterback, that's the way to do it. Because we talked about it on the Week 8 preview show. We've seen good fantasy outings by C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins for these 49ers. We saw Brock Purdy emerge out of absolutely nowhere into star and we saw Jimmy Garoppolo put up big numbers for this 49ers team on plenty of occasions. So it's just a good situation. And the price is just not one that you get at quarterback yeah. really ever yeah. like this, this kind of price doesn't even show up once a year. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know, if, if Purdy ends up playing, I'm leaning towards Jalen hurts as my cash quarterback, just in this matchup against Washington, who's, you know, like bottom five and basically any pass defense metric you can find. It was a little bit worrisome to start the week that he was coming in with a knee issue. He wore a brace in that game. They were talking about him hobbling afterward, but he's not on the injury report. So we can't really factor that in too much. And, you yeah. know, the reason we like Jalen Hurts is because he can run and throw. So even if he's not up to his usual running level, it's a terrific matchup for the passing. That's what I was going to say. I mean, not, not that I don't want him to run, but if there's any matchup where I want him maybe throwing it a bit more, it's it's against this Washington defense. 
And they were still tush pushing him last week. So how bad yeah. could the knee really be? Exactly. So what do you like at tournament quarterback here? I mentioned those three elite quarterbacks in excellent matches. And I'm just trying to think like, what are the odds that none of those three guys goes for like 35 points and is like the guy you need in, in tournament. So it, it's, it's going to be tough for me to get away from them. I think Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson are my two favorites just because of the, the rushing ability. I think the concern with all three of them is like, is the other team going to push back enough to, to make these elite quarterbacks, you know, continue to, to, you know, be going full, full bore for the entire game. I think Washington has the best chance to push back enough to keep that game close and keep Jalen Hurts full go the entire game. So I think Hurts is my favorite tournament quarterback. The other game I'm looking at is the Saints Colts game, just because these Colts games have just been crazy for, you know, a lot of the season. Colts games actually are averaging the second most total points per game behind only Dolphins games, 52 points per game for uh, the Colts games this season. We've talked about the Colts offense fast paced, um, which means a lot of plays on their side, a lot of plays for the other team and uh, on a lot of occasions as well. Defense is not that good. And the, the Saints are actually third in neutral pace. So these are two of the fastest paced offenses in the NFL. It could just mean a lot of plays, even though, you know, both these offenses have their issues. Um, if we just get, you know, a ton of plays on both sides, this game could definitely turn pretty high scoring and both quarterbacks are cheap. Derek Carr is 5,500. Gardner Minshew is 5,400. Then I especially like uh, Chris Olave on the Saints side. And I especially like Josh Downs on the Colts side. What makes you especially like those two wideouts? I think Olave is just a positive regression candidate. I mean, you look at his actual fantasy points versus expected. He's, he's you know, underachieving so far, yet only has the one touchdown. So I think he has some you know, better touchdown luck coming. And then Josh Downs is just one of my favorite plays on the slate. We can even you know talk about him. I think I have him as a, a cash play, even at 4,800 bucks. Um, just has been productive, has seen good volume with Gardner Minshew. And he, you know, the, the slot is where you want to attack the Saints pass defense. They have, you know, Marshawn Lattimore on the outside. He's going to be on Michael Pittman for most of this game. But um, we've seen slot receivers do well against the Saints. You know, last week, Christian Kirk had the nice game. And Josh Downs has played 76% of his snaps in the slot so far this season. Yeah, I wouldn't want to lean on either Gardner Minshew or Derek Carr as my primary uh, tournament quarterback, but certainly it's a, a game that could give us more points than we're anticipating. And my one caution on, you know, wondering if a quarterback is going to get enough pushback for him to reach his ceiling. If a team really gets to the point where they're pulling starters and, you know, they're just not going for it anymore. That offense has probably already scored a ton of points. And I think last week's Ravens game against the Lions is a good example where Lamar got there to the point where they could play um, Tyler Huntley late in that game. Yeah, no, that's a good point, too, because, you know, even even though, though they did pull Lamar, they kept throwing even when they were, they were up like four touchdowns. So, I mean, I, I don't know if, you know, that's what they'll do every game with the big leads. But I mean, it's at least encouraging to see that the Ravens were willing to, you know, keep chucking it even with the big lead. Over to running back, Brees Hall has been sub 6K all year except week six. <laughs> coming off that huge game against the Broncos. He just kissed 6K in DK salary for that game against Philly and delivered there. He gave us 20.3 DK points in that game. But then coming off the bye this week, he's back down to 5,900. Like I said, two straight good fantasy outings for him. He's at the Giants this week, which is actually a home game since they play in the same stadium. Is Brees Hall a must in your week eight planning on DK, Jared? Yeah, I think you got to play him in cash at the price tag for his talent in this matchup. Um, you, know, you talked about that nice game against the Eagles, who were actually first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. And then Brees had the huge game against the Broncos, a much 
better matchup there. I think more importantly, he set season highs in snap rate in both of those games. He was up to 66% of the snaps in that Eagles game was also at a season high 60% route rate in the Eagles game. You know, he had been losing a lot of passing game work to Michael Carter, but that kind of changed in the Eagles game. And now he comes off the bye week. So like maybe his role is even bigger um, against the Giants who are 30th in run defense DVOA, allowing five yards per carry. I think Brees Hall needs to be in your cash game lineup. Yeah, at this point, I think we just need to play him as Brees Hall and not say, why well, I worry about yeah. this aspect of his workload or this guy might take something. It looks like full Brees Hall now. So just look at him, um, look at his situation, look at his matchup for the week, and all of those yep. are good this time around. Tournament running back, what do you like? I do think Brees Hall is, is just scary, but potentially good tournament fade. The Jets offense still has the potential to just, you know, do nothing because of Zach Wilson. And then the, Jet, the Jets did lose Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, probably their best O-lineman. Uh, he's out for the season, I believe. And they have another guard who's probably going to miss this game as well. So you know, just some reasons Hall could fade in it or could um, bust in it. 19% ownership. You know, I think he's a interesting fade to at least consider attorney running backs. I like Travis Etienne's coming in at just 6% ownership. I think people are going to play Alvin Kamara in that price range, which makes sense. I get it with the, you know, with the passing game usage Kamara's been getting, but Travis Etienne has just a, a strong role. I mean, he, he has 39, 23 and 23 draftings points in his last three games. He has scored twice in all three though. So, you know, the touchdowns are going to slow down uh, going forward here, but He's averaging 19.3 carries and 4.3 targets per game over those three. And this is a this is a sneaky good matchup against the Steelers, who are just 19th in run defense DVOA. They're giving up 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. They just gave up 127 yards to Rams running backs last week when you know we thought those guys were total dust coming into the game. So I think it's a good matchup for Etienne, a matchup that it might even push the Jags to, to run it a bit more than than usual. They didn't give up any yards to Zach Evans, at least. Um, one note on the Steelers' run defense, Cameron Hayward had his practice window open this week. He's coming off IR. Don't know yet if he's going to actually be active for this game, but he has a chance to change that run defense when he does return. Again, not sure we can actually do anything with that for Travis Etienne, and I certainly agree on Travis Etienne being the high ceiling play um, this week. Wide receiver, Jared, the question, and it's a rhetorical question, just how hot is A.J. Brown running right now? He's the fourth most expensive wide receiver on the DraftKings main slate. He leads our DK dollars per point anyway by a pretty wide margin. You have to count eight wide receivers down from A.J. Brown to find another guy who costs more than 6600 and A.J. Brown is up at 8 k Most of the guys in that range are sub-6K, so... I mean, is A.J. Brown maybe even more than anybody at another position, the guy that you got to have in your lineup this week on DraftKings? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to not have Brown in my cash game lineup. And expensive wide receivers are more volatile than expensive running backs, right? So you, you can make a case to, to fade A.J. Brown in cash, but I'm not going to do it. Just the, the volume has been awesome. I mean, it's, it's been you know, more than the production. It's the volume, too. He's averaging 11.8 targets per game on a 31% target share over the last five weeks. And Washington is dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Brown went for 41 and a half DraftKings points when these, these teams met uh, back in week four. I, you know, I, I don't want to have him do that again and have him not on my cash team. It, it's it's going to be another losing week if that, if that happens. 
And then DJ Moore did even more against this Washington defense. Like it's been so bad for them that they had to switch starting corners and it hasn't helped. So yeah, it's, it's also a defense that plays a lot of man, AJ Brown, especially good against man coverage. So just a a spot where you don't want to fade AJ Brown tournament side of wide receiver. What are you favoring besides Josh Downs or, you know, talk more (laughs) about Josh Downs if you want to. I mean, Josh Downs is coming in with high ownership, which isn't a surprise. So like, I'm not going to not play him in in tournaments, but I think that's at least worth considering. Like, you know, That's two not going to knots, by the way, in this particular (laughs) position. I feel like I'm doing the show with Troy Aikman now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so I I think you got to be careful with how you use Josh Downs. Like, again, if you're playing that um, Saints-Colts game, you obviously want him. In other, you know, tournament builds, stacking other games, it might be worth fading him at the ownership. I like Nico Collins as a tournament play. And we just go back to our guy. You know, we were high on him in in the summer. We've played a lot of him in DFS so far this season. I mean, he already has games of 30.6 and 38.8 DraftKings points this season, and he's $5,500. Now, I think people are going to be scared off him a little bit because of the matchup. Carolina is fourth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. That's really only because they're so bad against the run. They just haven't faced a whole lot of pass attempts. And I don't know. I mean, the Texans running game just has not been good. So I think if they're they're smart, they'll continue to throw up plenty even in this matchup. Um, You know, Carolina is just 18th in football outsiders pass defense DVOA. So again, it's not like it's a dominant pass defense. And and their outside corners, Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson, they rank 79th and 103rd in PFF coverage grade among 170 or 107 qualified corners. So the, the matchup is good for Nico Collins as long as he gets the volume. Yeah, he's tied for 24th on the main slate in wide receiver price, which surprises me because that's certainly below where he's scoring. And sometimes when you look at those numbers for what a defense is allowing to a position, it can you can realize that maybe we've been underrating a certain aspect of a defense. That is not the case with the Panthers, as you were just talking about. Not only do the corners rate poorly, they've been without both starting safeties for a while. So it's not that this is a good defense against the pass and we're all just underrating it. It's simply what you said. Teams don't need to throw that much against them. So it looks like a tougher matchup than it actually is. I saw Brian Burns pop up on the injury report on Thursday, too. That'd be a, a huge loss for the pass rush. For a pass rush that's already not even worrisome. So I <laughs> agree on the tight end and jared i mean is this one as simple as it seems is it just trey yeah. mcbride at 2800 he's about to if not take over by himself be the lead tight end in an offense that ranks fifth in tight end receptions and fourth in tight end targets so far yeah i think you just play trey mcbride in cash at 2800 and yeah, like you said cardinals tight ends have combined to average 9.9 targets per game this season so even if mcbride can soak up two-thirds of that which is basically what Zach Ertz has done. He's averaged 6.1 targets per game this year. I think that's a a pretty fair projection for McBride this week. And McBride has been efficient this season, much, much more efficient than Zach Ertz. So even though the matchup is not good against Baltimore, you know, either generally for the Cardinals and specifically for McBride, the Ravens have been good against tight ends this season. I think just, just for the volume, and the price in cash games, I think you just you just play McBride at twenty eight hundred tournament tight end. Jared, what do you like? I like Jake Ferguson here, um, thirty six hundred bucks. Now he has just four catches over his last two games after you know being more productive early in the season. But it, it's funny, you know, we talked about Ferguson. He had been producing on kind of like underwhelming route rates. That it's totally flipped. The production has been down, but Ferguson in the two games prior to Dallas's buy set season highs in route rate at seventy three and then eighty four percent. 
Um, so if that continues, I think he's, he's just a value at this price tag. Um, he's also, Ferguson's also tied for second among tight ends in red zone targets with 11. So you like the touchdown upside there. And then the matchup is also good against the Rams. Uh, the Rams are 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends and they're 30th in tight end coverage DVOA. There's some room for that game to be sneaky in points. I did read some this week about Matthew Stafford dealing with a hip issue and maybe that's factoring into his sluggish production over the past couple weeks as well as maybe the Rams decision to run the ball a lot more than we expected um, especially after Kyron Williams went down so you know that's a, that's an issue to watch I don't think that it's something that's going to affect whether you play Jake Ferguson I don't think it affects yeah. whether you play the Rams wide receivers but it's something to watch on the Stafford front is maybe a an explanation we didn't know about for an issue that we've been noticing. Yeah, I've, I've seen him. I can't remember which game it was in particular, but I kind of you know, saw him get banged up, but he's not on the injury report. Um, so I don't know. Maybe the Rams are about to get in trouble for not, not listening to Stafford. <laughs> maybe. Let us know if he has a headache. Who are you playing at flex on DraftKings this week? Yeah, so just a couple um, running backs to consider in cash games that we haven't talked about. It. I do think Alvin Kamara is a great cash game play at 7,300 on DraftKings with a full point per reception. I think Isaiah Pacheco is still in play for cash at 6,100. Pacheco continues to control the Chiefs backfield, and he has this awesome matchup against Denver. Tournament side, I wanted to mention Javante Williams. I think Williams is close to a breakout. He set season highs last week in snap rate, route rate, and rush attempt share so his role is growing he's playing better lately Williams has set season highs in PFF rushing grade and yards after contact per attempt in each of his last two games um, so I definitely want to be on Williams in tournaments and sort of you know be on him when that breakout comes I, I don't know if it's going to come this week it's just not a good spot the Chiefs defense is good um, you know the Broncos are big underdogs you know game flow is probably going to work against Javante Williams so I mean he's also just $5,200 though projected for six percent ownership so I might take like a shot on him just again I, I don't want to miss the big breakout game because I do think it's coming for Javante you know sometime over the next few weeks here my one hesitation on him uh, to that end is I don't know what a Javante Williams breakout really looks like because, you know, somebody like Brees Hall, we know he's building back toward the guy that he was just before the ACL tear last year, where he's a dynamic receiver and a dynamic runner. Javante Williams has always been like good, like somebody that we are intrigued by and somebody that seemed like he could handle a lot more work and, you know, produce on that work. But we also haven't seen him as a workhorse. We haven't seen him produce dynamically yet. And the offense has its questions. So I'm on board with some shots on Javante Williams. I definitely agree that he is at a higher point right now than he has been in any of the previous weeks. But I am a little bit curious to actually know what a Javante Williams breakthrough, yeah. bounce back, whatever the word is, really looks like. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. He doesn't have the big playability that Brees Hall does, which which hurts. Um, but, you know, Williams can, can, can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's actually had pretty nice uh, target volume so far this season. And, I mean, he, he, he is an efficient runner when he's healthy. So, you know, I think, I think a breakout looks, looks like, you know, 15 carries for, you know, 110 yards and, you know, maybe he, he finds the end zone. He, he had a touchdown called back last week as well, which, you know, I think people would be higher on him if that touchdown hadn't been called back by a penalty. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Defense, Jared, $2,500 Vikings against Jordan Love up top in our dollars yep. per point. Is that where we're rolling? Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of looking at the Vikings for cash games at 2500 I think Cleveland at 3000 then on the cheap end, I think Cincinnati at 2200 if it's Sam Darnold. Um, I think, you know, those are kind of the three defenses I'm looking at for cash games just sort of again i don't know what my cash lineups can look like at this point usually i have a good idea but you know with the quarterback question in san francisco it's kind of tough to build it so far but i do think those three defenses at different price levels are all fine for cash that's going to be a fun cash lineup though with sam darnold and the defense facing him in the same thing (laughs) (laughs) it can work it has worked what do you like on the tourney side of defense? I think Atlanta against Will Levis for 2,900. There's upside there. And then I think the Steelers, too, at 2,900. I think um, I think we have Atlanta coming in projected for higher ownership, which, I don't know, make, makes some sense, I guess. But, I mean, the, the Steelers are obviously just a much better actual defense. And even in terms of fantasy scoring, the Steelers are second among main slate defenses with 10.5 DraftKings points per game. So if we're going to get uh, Pittsburgh at 2,900 at low ownership, I think that's a, that's a good tournament play. And I think it'll stay like that because, like you said Atlanta's facing Will Levis in his first NFL yep. start the Steelers are facing the Jaguars that's not a an offense that people are going to want to target with a defense but I agree that Pittsburgh is good enough to pay off frankly it's it's the kind of matchup where they could allow 20 24 points to the Jags and still yep. get four or five sacks a couple of takeaways they're always a threat to for a big play off of one of those takeaways so you know boom bust potential for sure but it's a spot where they could deliver you points at low ownership Yep, exactly. The lineup generator on DraftSharks.com is ready to help you build those winning lineups that we've been trying to build here for week eight. We got dollars per point for every player, ceiling projections to show you who's a better bet to just go nuts and win you that tournament. You can filter by the matchups. You can mess with your team stacks. There are loads of settings that you can change just to get things to work out the way you want them. Make sure you also check out Jared's articles on DraftSharks.com with more picks for cash games and tournament play on DraftKings this week. Of course, as always, our goal here is to help you win week eight.